What's up, everybody? This is Alexander Juan Antonio Cortez, and this is my podcast, The Art of Health. So, the attempt was made to turn this into a live YouTube broadcast, but the encoding software proved more complicated than expected, and recent uh, change of events, YouTube no longer allows live broadcasting or from the phone, so you cannot mobile live broadcast anymore unless your channel has 10,000 subscribers. So I assume that was to avoid flooding, I guess, the YouTube network with live videos. That said, it did make things somewhat difficult. So we are recording this per it being a normal podcast. That said, I have a lot, a lot, a lot of questions in front of me regarding tonight's topic. And just to get right into it, that is chest training. So chest training holds a lot of appeal for the men. Um, it's one of those subjects that just gets asked about all the time. So I'm going to start from the top and kind of work my way through, and I hopefully will answer everybody's questions as we go along. So chest training, pec training, what, what are we referring to? So we're referring to training the pectoral muscles, and we want to train chest because why? Well, your chest pulls your arms across your body. Your chest helps you use your arms. Chest muscles are pressing muscles. So from a functionality standpoint, being able to project force out is extremely useful. Duh, I hope that'd be obvious. If you had no pec muscles, your range of motion, your mobility with your arms would be very, very limited. So there's a functional standpoint. And then obviously from a strength standpoint, dips, body weight strength exercise, push-ups, body weight strength exercise, bench press, bench press builds, pressing power, incline bench press, any sport that's a contact sport that requires forward movement, football, rugby, you know, even things like basketball, soccer, where you have to try and move people out of your way. You need upper body pressing strength. So push-ups, or not push-ups, but pressing in general as a movement pattern, highly, highly, highly relevant. So what are the, what are the questions, what are the things that come up with chest training? So this, the, the, let's, again, let's start from the top. So when you're training chest, you have to be cognizant Probably the, the biggest mistake I see guys make in the gym, just in general, is that when they train chest, you only think of bench pressing as a chest exercise. So you can bench press, you can flat dumbbell press, you do flies, that's it. In reality, you have to visualize this. Your chest can project force out in five different angles. You can press down, so I can do a dip. I can press at a slightly, let's say, so I can press almost straight down, so that's a dip. I can press on a decline. So that's somewhat of like a push-up, intermediate push-up, or, you know, like a decline bench press, decline pressing. I can press relatively horizontal. I can press forward. So we have flat pressing. So we have flat chest pressing and, you know, uh, let's say low incline pressing as well. We can press on incline. So we have the low incline. We have the high incline, more 45 degrees. In some cases, depending on how your chest structure is built, we can press on a very high incline. So you might have, you know, 50, 50 degrees where some guys can feel really good in the chest, or at least the upper chest. So you have multiple angles of development that you're working with. If you're only focusing on flat benching, you're neglecting the development, your chest, of your chest muscles within the other areas of motion. A muscle will only be hypertrophied to the extent that you train it. If you only train one path of direction, it's only going to be developed upon that one angle. You know, so when guys talk about, well, I want to get my lower chest more developed, do I do decline presses? Honest to God, guys, like, so let's, you know, what are the most effective chest movements? I'm going to list the top three right now. 
for overall chest development, middle to lower chest, dips are freaking supreme. If you're good at dips, you will have pretty good pec development, period. Along, So that's dips are, I would say, are number one. If being good at dips, if you can do dips with you know, 50, 60, 70, 80 pounds, 100 pounds stripped around your waist, you're not going to lack for chest development, period. Now that said, dips, I would say, are number one. Well, what's number two? Incline press. So incline dumbbell pressing, incline barbell press, about 45 degrees, if you did nothing but incline, if you did nothing but dips in incline pressing, incline bench, you would have phenomenal chest development. Now that said, that doesn't mean that those things don't need to be modified to suit your biomechanics. So when you're asking, well, what's the best chest exercise? I just told you dips and incline pressing. Well, barbells versus dumbbells. This depends, guys. So sorry for the delay. What does it depend on? Your anthropometrics. How are you built? Now, this is how this works out. If you are a guy that has phenomenal natural chest structure, meaning that your pec depth from your sternum, so from that bone in the middle of your chest to your spine, if I was to look at you sideways and you're really thick front to back, you will probably be good at bench pressing and flat pressing. The other factor that goes into play is, aside from your, your chest wall depth, is your shoulder structure. There's three different kinds of shoulders. You have type 1, 2, and 3 in regards to how your humerus fits into your socket. So if you have a very flat joint, so to speak, with the way that humerus goes into the socket, it's a ball and socket joint, again, you will excel at flat pressing. The guys that are phenomenal bench, that are great bench pressers always have a very deep chest wall. They have a sl- slight slope to their sternum, which really anchors their pecs well. They have usually have pretty good-sized joints. So if you're a dude and your wrists are the size of most guys' knees, hey, guess what? The bigger your joints are, the more weight you're going to be able to handle. So it makes sense then that you have guys that, you know, for them it's like, well, all I do is bench press and it works great. No shit, dude. Look at how you're built. Duh. You have to make the determination of what your joint structure is like. And I can't, I can't tell you, obviously, without looking at you, if you're looking at your wrist right now, you're like, damn, I have skinny wrists. And you look sideways and you're like, wow, I'm really thin from the side. I disappear. Guess what, man? Flat bench press probably ain't going to be your thing. Not going to happen. Now, that said, that doesn't mean that you never flat bench ever. But you need to recognize, is this movement going to be a hypertrophy movement? Or is it a movement that I can truly get strong at? It may be the case where you, maybe let's say like for myself... I'm way stronger in incline bench than I am flat bench. My max incline bench was, uh, you know, like what? Yeah, I, I've hit 225 for reps, 275 for one rep max like a year ago. I don't, I don't work in the lower rep ranges too much. But incline bench at 45 degrees feels freaking great on my shoulders. Flat bench feels like I'm going to tear my shoulders out of the sockets. Whenever I flat bench, I keep the reps around, you know, at least 10 up to 20. I use a wide grip on the barbell. I get my hands outside of my elbows, and I stretch my pecs out. I do guillotine presses. I don't use flat bench as a chest builder too much, at least in regard. I don't use flat bench as a strength builder. I use it purely for hypertrophy. I don't worry about how much weight I can push on flat bench because the movement, the way I'm built, my one shoulder, my left side, I have a beak to chromion, meaning I got shoulder impingement. I'm not dense from the, the side. I don't have a thick chest wall at all. And the way my chest structure is, I have a very flat sternum angle. So bench press, being a big bench presser, it's never going to happen for me. Ever. 
And that's, I'm okay with that. I acknowledge that. I realize that, hey, relative to how I'm built and relative to how other guys are built, this is not my money movement. So you need to make the determination yourself as to what the best exercise is going to be for you. Now, it may be that, again, depending on how you're built, that you could get good at all the exercises. You might be someone, you might be one of those guys where you're lucky. It's like, you know what? You can be strong at everything. Awesome. It may be the case if you're a skinny fat dude where you got little joints and, you know, you just got, kind of got screwed on the, the, you know, having small shoulders. You might never be strong at anything. You know, maybe you'll be able to bench press your body weight for sets of 10, you know, whatever. If that's, you know, so if strength is not your forte, you need to recognize that, acknowledge it, and not waste time on, you know, fucking five by five training, thinking if you get your bench press 5RM up, I'm on a huge chest. Probably not going to happen, bro. Not going to happen. And, you know, in regards to hypertrophy as well, you got to pick your angles. What feels good to you? So, you know, is decline bench good for, for lower chest? Honest to God, decline bench feels like shit on most guys' shoulders. A low decline, maybe about five degrees, that can work. But again, if you're doing dips and you're doing push-ups, lower chest should not be hard to build. Yeah, and on that subject, can push-ups be a good chest builder? Yeah, they can. I mean, you can do weighted push-ups, obviously. Um, they can be a little hard to set up if you train by yourself. But push-ups are a great chest builder. And what's the best push-up? I don't fucking know, guys. How are you built? Again, the, the, the individual anthropometrics, I can't, there's certain questions I can't just answer for you. I can say that for every guy, no matter how you're built, you should be able to do push-ups. Moderate grip, wide grip, narrow grip, be able to do all of them. If one angle you really suck at, if you really suck at close grip push-ups, work on those. If you really suck at moderate grip push-ups, work on those. If wide grip freaking destroys you, work on those. You're going to have to test movements out and see where you feel it most. Again, there's no one-size-fits-all. Now, when it comes to picking exercises, same thing. For some guys, machines can work great, depending on how the machine is made and how you're built. So a chest machine can feel awesome. A pec fly can feel awesome. A pec deck can feel awesome. The incline bench press can feel, incline bench press machine can feel awesome. Hammer strengths can feel awesome. Pick what works for you and go by feel. It's not about how much weight you can load on the movement if it's a machine. It's, do I feel this in the target muscle that I'm trying to work? If you don't, fucking discard it. If you do, keep it. Okay, pick and choose. Now, if you don't feel anything, it's like, man, I guess I, I don't feel any movement, then you, then you have shit-tastic mind-muscle connection. That's what that means. If you are doing an exercise for any given muscle group and you cannot feel a muscle at all in any circumstance, you have zero mind-muscle connection. You need to cut the weight in half, slow down your reps to taking 10 seconds to lower the weight, and visualize and squeeze the living hell out of that muscle group. Have your training partner, if you have one, literally press on it and palpate it and try to get some neurological innervation going. It happens sometimes that some guys just don't have good chest innervation. And if that's the case, guess what? You get to use light weights and go slow, baby. Because there is no other way you're going to build mind-muscle connection by trying to load the weight up. And that gets to the point of, you know, like training heavy, training light. What's, what's best for chest? Guess what I'm going to say, guys? It depends. If you are genetically gifted with chest, you might be able to, you know, go for one rep maxes on bench, move heavy weight, train in the, you know, one, two, three, four, five range, and that will work great. If chest is a weaker body part for, weaker, weaker body part for you, you got to take a more hypertrophic approach, moderate to high reps. Do, again, go by feel. Go, it creates a burn. It creates a pump in the muscle. Not everyone's going to excel at low rep ranges for every muscle group, for every, for every movement pattern. It, again, it just it depends on your genetics. 
you know, part of you know, what, what does it mean to learn how to train? It means that you customize it to yourself. Training is a process process of self discovery. It's not a one size fits all operation. Now, getting to you know, what is a good chest workout? Well, this goes back to the angles that we talked about. You can press low, middle, and high. Ideally, a good chest workout will incorporate all the angles. Or it will incl- or will focus on the angles that you're weak at. So let's say that your lower chest is pretty good. You're good at dips. You can you know you're good at dips. You can do flat bench okay. But man, my upper chest sucks. What do I do for upper chest? You do upper incline pressing, bros. I, I like don't overthink this shit. You know some of your guys' questions not bad questions, but you got to use your noggin a little bit. How do I work my upper chest? Well. See, so your upper chest presses up, so maybe you should do things that are up on incline. That's what incline's for. Hmm. So, incline, you know, upper chest workout. How, do, how would you structure it? If I'm creating a workout to focus on upper chest, I always start off chest day, oh, literally always, with an upper back movement. So, you'll do some sort of upper back row to get your back muscles warmed up, get your back, you know, pumped. If you have no back development and you're, you have shitty posture, not to go on a tangent, or, you know, not sidetrack, but if you have bad, bad posture and a weak upper back, your pressing's always going to suck because your shoulders are internally rotated, your palms are pointing backwards, and you're slouched over, and you are setting yourself up to fucking rip a peck off the bone. So if you've got bad posture, don't even freaking, don't even focus on chest. If you've got bad posture and, you know, your shoulders are sunken in, you need to stretch out, go lightweight, and work the living hell out of your upper back until you straighten out. You cannot press good with crappy posture and crappy shoulder mobility cannot you are, you will injure yourself so don't don't even try so if you if you're a guy and you're like man my posture sucks right now don't, don't whatever I'm, what I'm talking about right now doesn't even apply to you what you need to be doing is rowing and rowing and rowing until your spine and your neck and everything else straighten out you can actually stand up straight proper pressing technique means that you puff your chest up and get your chest tilted and get big in the chest and then you anchor your shoulder blades back and you press it doesn't matter whether it's a Decline, flat, incline, even dips. That's how you press. That's that. That is how you press. You get big in chest. You peacock chest, and you press with your upper back and shoulder blades locked in and stabilized. If you can't do that at all, you have no business trying to press heavy on anything. So, getting back to it, incline, you know, work. I have a weak upper chest. If you have weak upper chest, then all of your chest workouts need to prioritize incline movement. So I wouldn't even do lower chest work at all. So, like I said, an incline workout, an incline emphasis workout, let's just say we do a moderate grip seated row, four sets of 15 to 20, get our back pumped, and then we go over, so our number two movement, our, our first chest movement, we go over, and we start with machine incline press. We get our pecs working and firing and innervated, and you do three, four, maybe five sets, let's just say eight to 12 rep range, okay? That's the first thing. So, upper back, and then we work over to machine incline press. And then we go over to incline bench press, and we hit that. And we do, let's just say, you know, three or four sets, six to eight reps. Boom. So we've done more incline work. And then we go over to the dumbbells, and we do low incline dumbbell presses. And we'll do two or three sets, but let's go like the 20 rep range. Let's really get pumped up. And now we've done three chest movements. And then maybe, maybe after that, that could be a good workout into itself. Maybe we do some sort of fly. On the subject of fly, since this question was asked, are flies a good chest movement? Depends. D-E-P-E-N-D-S. How are you built? Some guys 
go do flies for the first time when they're 15 and, oh my God, my chest, I can feel it. Great, do flies. The way I'm built, I have, you know, like I said, I have a flat sternum angle. I have my shoulders overpower my chest. I really don't feel chest flies too much. I have to do machine incline flies and really angle myself to get my chest stretching out when I do flies. The way I'm built, flies are not that effective of a movement for me, so I really don't utilize them too much. Again, depending on how you're built, you may find that flies work awesome for you, so do flies. you got to try stuff out. Generally speaking, I mean, don't overthink this. Generally speaking, if you try a movement and do a few sets and you take to it readily, it's probably a good exercise for you. If you do a movement and you cannot get yourself to, you can't get your body to really engage with it, no matter how you modify, toss it out, guys. As I keep saying, don't get attached to certain movements being a must-do. There are no rules to this kind of stuff. So flies, you know, I don't have a, a favorite fly. My, my personal favorite fly is a machine incline fly, where I lean forward, I get on a tilt, I keep a very controlled range of motion, I do a slow eccentric, and I feel that in my upper chest. For another guy, that could be totally unnecessary. So there, there's no such thing as an ideal chest fly. Some guys love flies. Some guys, they're completely worthless to even bother with. So try out and experiment. Now, the subject of bench pressing, this was asked a whole bunch of times. I want to bench press, but I keep injuring myself. I'm stuck at 225. I always get injured. Here's your solution. You take a power building approach. So power building refers to a workout structure, and I have an, an article and a, and a guide actually forthcoming on this, and it will be hopefully up by this weekend. I have a bunch of stuff coming out, but um, on power building, it, it's like I'm a, I'll probably make it like three bucks, guys. It's about I think you know, I think it's like fifteen pages in total, you know, but like very pragmatic, practical information. It's, it's too long to post as an article. It'd be you know, it's like what it's like six thousand words. It'd be an absurd, absurd article. Anyway, power building was power building. Power building refers to structuring your workout where you use all the rep ranges and you focus on a low rep movement for strength development. You focus on moderate reps for hypertrophy and then you perform some high rep movement for hypertrophy, blood flow, and strength endurance. So you do all the rep ranges within the same workout. That's what power building is. It's a very classical, very time-tested way to train. And depending on how you built set, set, up the, set up a power building workout, you can focus on strength, you can focus on just size, you can focus on you know blood flow, and it can be modified for pretty much any kind of training. So in our power building workout, in which case, let's address that. So I want to bench press heavy, but I injure myself a lot whenever I try to go heavy on bench. I'm stuck at a weight. What do I do? In your power building workout, you will be bench pressing last. So here's a key method, key tactic you can use. Any movement that is a barbell movement that you can get stronger at, but you also find it interests you often, always do it last. So for a chest workout, bench press, that would mean that you would, let's say machine chest press, dumbbell press, incline press, and then for your number four movement, you'd flat barbell bench press. Yeah, and same thing with incline bench press. Oh, I like incline bench press, but man, my shoulders like it's just I feel like whenever I do it whenever I start a workout off with it, like oh, always strain my shoulders. That's okay. So you'd start off with again upper back activation and then let's say a low uh, Smith machine press. So low inclined Smith machine uh, chest press and then a low inclined dumbbell chest press and then dumbbell floor presses and then at the very end you'd go with incline bench press. So 
the movements that your joints, you know, like again, you can kind of do them, but they're tough to handle. Those hard on the body movements, you do them very last as part of your workout routine. And you do them only when you're fully pumped up, activated, and your body is prepared for it. Now, the downside, of course, would be, well, I'm going to be weaker. Who gives a flying fuck, bro? You're not that strong. You think your 225 bench press is fucking impressive? It's not. I know women that press more than you do. Who gives a shit? So, I'm going to be weaker, bro. No one cares, bro. No one cares that you're weaker at the end of your workout. That's how it goes. What will happen is, though, because you're pre-exhausted, is that your working weights will be limited, but your chest will be more engaged. And what you'll find over time is, yeah, your working weights will take a hit the first time you use this. But over time, you'll end up getting stronger and actually building some muscle and some strength from that movement, and you won't injure yourself. So, yeah, you might go from 225 to 185, but if you, over the course of a year, you build up to 245, 255, hey, it worked. So get over your, your fucking bitchy ego of you know, your strength going down. Again, you're not that strong. No one gives a shit. And this is about long-term strength development and muscle building. This is not about fucking impressing yourself and you know jacking off your mental dick in your mind. So I've got no time for that ego, ego shit. If a bench press, flat bench, flat bench press, incline bench press injures you, either you do it last in the workout or you don't bother with it at all if it really is something that just is not going to work for your body type. Now, moving on to more questions from there. Do I have to bench press? So this is a good question. Like, can I, Could I just use dumbbells? Yeah, absolutely you could. Again, there's no rules to this. Now, dumbbells, I would consider a superior training implement to the barbell because you have more adaptability with dumbbells. So the, the questions were asked of, well, where do I put my hands? Where do I put my shoulders? Where do I put my elbows? Guys, if you don't know how to press at all, for, for God's sakes, get on YouTube and look up some technique videos. Holy shit. Like, I mean, that's basic one-on-one. You could, I could, you could open up a magazine and learn how to do that. Depending on what you're trying to emphasize with your, again, your training, your hand-arm position will change a bit. But there are certain principles of physics that are basic as hell. When you're pressing, your wrist should always be over your elbow. So if you close grip bench press, you move your hands in closer, that's more triceps, your wrist is lined up of your elbow. If you're moderate grip, your wrist is lined up of your elbow. If you're, you know, even if you're, uh, you know, like let's say like wide grip, ultra wide grip, well, I can't do, I can't get my elbow under my wrist then. Yeah, but you still keep your elbow lined up 45 degrees, you know, almost perpendicular with your wrist, so you stay in alignment. This is basic physics. Basic, basic physics. I'm not going to make a YouTube video about how to press, but I mean, you, I could refer you to a bunch of resources. Get a of TS, you know, how to bench press. Um, you know, I mean, literally just type that in. I know there's a whole bunch of Lee of TS in particular. We got a whole like, do you do, like, you know, do you know how to bench press series? It's like nine videos that tells you all about bench pressing and how to do it properly. Like, I mean, that's just, again basic technique stuff you got to learn. This is physics. This is simple, simple physics. This is not you know complicated shit. So, getting back to it though, you know, dumbbell pressing. What's the best way to dumbbell press them? Tick tock, it depends o'clock. You have to find what works for you. Now, for myself, I like to, and I, I, you know, again, like the way I built, I got long arms and I don't have, you know, great chest genetics. So, I low incline bench press with dumbbells. So, low, low incline, I'm sorry, low incline dumbbell bench press. And on low incline dumbbell bench press, I keep my elbows fairly flared. So I get very 90 degrees, and I feel that. If I'm inclined dumbbell pressing, so not low incline, but inclined, I'll set the bench to maybe 45, even 50 degrees, 
and I'll keep my elbows somewhat tucked in close to my body, and I'll actually turn my hands parallel, and I'll press from there, and that works great for me. What works great for you? Have to experiment. There is no one-size-fits-all to this, guys. Play with the angles. Now, 45 degrees, you know, keeping your elbows kind of tucked in can work great for some guys. Other guys, it feels like triceps. Some guys can flare their elbows out, and it feels awesome on the chest, and you just, okay, then you do it that way. Basic principles still apply. You keep your wrists lined up. You keep your wrists straight. You stay locked in with the elbows, and you use your chest to move the weight. Keep your chest puffed up. Find the angles that work best for yourself. If you have an adjustable 0 to 90 bench, you have a huge degree of play that you can use in regards to you know, setting it to 15 degrees, putting a plate underneath it, setting, setting it to 5 degrees. I, you know, I, had one, I had a client once, his you know, best angle for, for chest pressing, we put a 45-degree plate underneath the, the, you know, the end of the bench. So a slight, literally 5-degree angle. That felt perfect for him. He loved pressing from there. And like his chest blew up from that. And that's all we would do for just like six sets of dumbbell pressing on like a low, low incline. Try it out, you know, or maybe 30 degrees feels great for you. Maybe 45 is like your sweet spot where you find if you just stick with 45 degree dumbbell pressing, bench pressing that your chest grows, that could work too. You have to find your money movements. You know, that's what, you know, there's a lot of terms for me. You have to find your, your primary exercises that you know you can build up at over time and keep increasing the weights on. That might be a machine, that might be dumbbells, free weights, it might be both. You know, I, I have a whole variety of you know, pieces of equipment that you know, I utilize. For myself, I, I can only use myself as an example for the stuff to be real specific. I could give endless examples of clients, but again, it comes down to you know, how are you built. You know, so for myself, you know, specifically, weighted dips, incline, bench press, as I said, low incline dumbbell press. Those are my three movements. Now, I have other machines I use for pump-up work. I have other things I've tried. You know, for myself personally, I don't really care for hammer strength pieces of equipment too much. I just I don't feel them that much in my chest. I feel more in my shoulders. Some guys love hammer strength equipment. So, again, use whatever you want to use. The one thing to keep in mind throughout all this, whatever implements you end up using, I would really encourage you not to neglect bodyweight strength. So don't, you know, not that you have to have, you know, not that you have to be able to pump out 100 push-ups, but no, don't neglect being able to do push-ups at all. Don't neglect being able to do dips at all. You should always include some body weight movement just to keep your shoulders and joints healthy and also to keep your relative body weight strength up. If you can't do dips and you can't do push-ups, I guarantee you your shoulders are absolutely screwed. Absolutely going to be fucked health-wise. Dips and push-ups are an indicator of overall joint health. You cannot do either of them. You can only do maybe like two machines and an incline you know, dumbbell press with limited range of motion. You're, you're setting yourself up for a pec tear, a rotator cuff tear, some sort of catastrophic injury. You don't want to do that, guys. Ah, drinking a protein shake. So, more stuff with chest. Let's talk about chest aesthetics. We already kind of covered it, but let's talk more about it. I want to build an aesthetic chest, not a power lifter chest. How do I do that? Um, I don't know what that means precisely. I'm, I'm thinking that this, you know, the question is referring to the idea that I, you know, I, I want like a, you know, full pecs. I don't want, you know, sort of like flabby pecs. Okay, that kind of makes sense. So here, here's how it goes, guys. Your chest development is very, again, genetically driven. I always talk about genetics and personal, you know, anthropometrics. Some guys, this, they build chest and their whole chest grows and they look, their pecs are great. Other guys, yeah, it may be that, let's say, if you, all you do is like flat bench pressing and you notice like, man, like my lower pecs are real developed, but I don't have any upper chest. Kind of look like I have man boobs. Yeah, I've seen that happen to guys. That, that sometimes happens with powerlifters where 
their pec development, they really don't have any kind of upper pec or pec fullness. It's just kind of big shoulders and like almost like, again, like the man boob look with like big lower chest and that's it. If that's the case, guys, then don't focus on lower chest. Just focus on, you know, low incline to high incline. If that's not the case, then use whatever movements you want to use. But you pick and choose. Like Again, goes back to angles. What angles do you need to emphasize? For a lot of dudes, it's always upper chest I hear about. Upper chest, upper chest. We already covered that, but if your upper chest is lacking, all of your chest workouts should be incline only. Yeah, low incline to high incline, don't even bother with lower uh, pec stuff. For some guys, they really struggle with chest development in general. So let's just say, it is like in general, it's like I'm like my lower chest, my whole chest, I have no chest development. You know, I really struggle with chest. Do this then. I'll give you a workout scheme. If you really struggle with chest, you know, completely. Start with fly type movements. I can't say which one because I don't know how you're built, but start with a fly type movement and start with fly or, you know, fly isolation type exercises that focus just on the pet contraction, nothing else. And I don't care if this is, if you're doing this with 15 fucking pounds, you know, doing 10 second reps where you're using, you know, puny weights. Oh, I can only use this much weight. Who cares? Start light. Start with whatever can get you some chest feel. And super, you know, superset your fly, your isolation chest exercises with pressing your hands together and doing isometrics for the chest. If you superset isometrics and isolation work for your chest and your pecs, you will get some muscular innervation going. And you can use that for any muscle group too. Isolation plus isometrics equal, equals innervation. Let me say that again. Isolation exercises plus isometric exercises equal innervation. So if you practice stretching the muscle out and practice squeezing it as hard as you can, you'll get some muscularity, some activation going, get those nerves, those neurons firing. So if you are lacking chest development, you start all your workouts off with, let's say it again, isolation, isometrics, you get your chest innervated, and then you keep all of your reps moderate to high reps for every single one of your movements. So a chest workout for, you know, like a wet blanket chest might look like this. It would be, you know, let's say like, a, you know, like closed hand chest isometrics, you know, maybe pressing two five-pound plates together. So you do 10-second sets of isometrics, supersetted with machine chest flies with a five-second eccentric, and you do that for three sets. You know, maybe, you know, the, the chest fly, machine chest flies would be like five to eight reps. And then you'd move on to, let's just say, low incline, Dumbbell hex presses, pressing the dumbbells together for more activation isometrically. Although in this case, it's a well, in this case, it's an it's an isometric plus a compound movement together. So you know it's it's isokinetic. So you, know, you go to move on to he- dumbbell hex presses. You do four sets of eight reps, squeezing the pecs together. So at this point, you're going to be feeling your chest. Just you will. And then your next movement is going to be let's say machine chest press for sets of twenty, three sets pumping those reps out, and you maintain this kind of structure of isometrics and high reps for the whole workout. And maybe it's four movements, but that's what you do if you have bad chest activation. You don't worry about most strength levels. Your strength already freaking sucks, dude. Who cares? You need, you, you need to work on building muscle. Now, some guys are the opposite on the spectrum, where they can just bench press for sets of five, and their chest is huge. But guess what? You'd already know if you were that guy. So it doesn't matter to talk about it. Moving on, rotator cuff health. What do I do for my rotator cuff and how to keep my chest healthy? Well, this just goes back to posture and stretching. If you have a tight chest and bad posture, you need to fix that. 
you need to stretch your pecs out, you need to do some soft tissue work for your, your shoulders, your anterior delts, your upper back, and you need to get a foam roller. You know, what chest stretches do I do? Look them up, guys. I mean, for fuck's sake. This is, again, none of those questions, well, what stretches do I do? You type in, you go to YouTube, you type in chest stretches, and you watch people stretching their chest out, and then you do that. What's the best chest stretch? I don't know. The one that you need the most. Again, there is no best for anything. There is effective or not effective relative to your needs. No one size fits all to this. This is why I'm terrible at salesman at this shit. I can't sell you a fail, you know, one size fits all solution because there is none. So if you have bad chest flexibility, bad shoulder mobility, you stretch your shoulders out and you do that every day until it gets better. You can do that where you put your arm up against the wall and stretch your chest out. You could do band pull-aparts. Do 100 of those every day. Get your upper back stronger. You can you know, hang from the pull-up bar and stretch your chest out that way. What You do whatever it takes to get those muscles supple and blood flow going and moving. And long-term, rotator cuff health, that just comes down to training smart. That means you don't train through injury. That means you don't train when you're dehydrated. It means you take the time to properly hydrate before training. It means you start your warm-ups off properly with some high reps. It means you get your upper back stronger so you have a platform to press from. You know, long-term, you know, rotator cuff shoulder health, it's not hard to maintain. It's just most guys never have it in the first place. If you know it's like, man, my shoulder, you know, mobility sucks. Oh, well, I'm going to bench press heavy today and go for one rep max and my bro spot me. Go ahead, man. Go ahead. You know, the number of you know, torn rotator cuffs and, you know, pec tears I've seen in gyms is freaking endless. These guys just train stupid. If you're slouched over and you're trying to chest press heavy, I mean, like, my God, what, what do you expect to happen? This is, this is not the science of rockets here. So maintain your rotator cuff health. Search with mobility and flexibility if you don't have that. And then gain your upper back strong, like I keep saying. Lots of rowing. Your, your rowing volume should be equal to your pressing volume. So if you do 20 sets a week for chest shoulders, you should be doing 20 sets a week for your upper back. Not your whole back. I'm just talking about upper back. You should be starting off every chest and pressing workout with an upper back movement. That will take care of that problem very fast. I did chest and shoulders today. You know what I started with? Face pulls for sets of 15 and four sets. Why did I do that? Because I was not going to press until my upper back and my rotator cuff was warmed up and I had gotten my shoulder blade stable and moving. And that's, you know, that's how I've maintained my shoulder health now. I didn't used to do that. I used to just start with chest movements, and I wondered, man, why do I strain my pecs every three months? Maybe I should stop do, or start trying to go pseudo-heavy on everything first. Maybe I should warm up her back out. Maybe I should take care of my rhetoric of health. It's not hard to do, guys. You just incorporate these tactics into your training, and once you're doing them, then you're doing them. You don't have to worry about them again. Other stuff with chest training. So it was asked... Could body weight exercises only be good chest workout? So could you just get, you know, could you get, you know, a built chest just doing push-ups and dips? If you do the weighted versions of those movements, yes, you can. If you're really good at weighted dips and weighted push-ups and push-ups with chains and, you know, incline push-ups with, you know, with a plate in your back, yeah, you could have really good chest development. Um, just doing it with body weight only, probably not going to happen. Again, if you're a genetic outlier, sure, for the rest of us, 99 times out of 100, Probably not. So like I said before, incorporate body weight movements, do the weighted versions, but just doing body weight stuff in general for any muscle group, body part, it's never going to maximize hypertrophy development or strength. It just isn't. Just is not. Other questions that were asked. 
if I'm a skinny fat guy, you know, I got skinny fat syndrome, I got small joints, I realize I'm not gifted for strength, how do I train? Well, this goes back to, like I said, you know, the, the wet blanket workout. If you're a skinny fat dude, all of your workouts should be moderate to high reps. Don't worry about strength stuff. Keep the reps, you know, on the pump range, and that's just how you got to train all the time. This is how it goes, guys. And actually, this brings you to a good point, you know, with, with the supportive gear. If you want your joints to last, use wrist wraps. If you want your joints to last, use elbow wraps. If you want your joints to last, you know, get a, a bow tie. Get the spud strap bow tie. Use whatever you can to keep your wrist stable and your joints healthy and, you know, with good blood flow and with good integrity. I use wrist wraps all the time when I do pressing workouts. You know why? Because it keeps my wrist stable. Well, won't your wrist get weaker? No. Not if you're doing other movements like, you know, dips or push-ups that, again, work your wrist strength. I'm, when I you know, talk about supportive gear, I'm talking about you know, these different wraps you can use. doesn't mean you use that with every single movement, but if you know that there's movements to aggravate you, then strap up, wrap up, you know, for whatever those exercises are. And if that allows you to get a better muscle contraction and use better biomechanics, now you're actually going to get build strength at it. You know, if you're, you know, let's say your incline bench press is like, man, my wrist really hurt when I go over 225, then put wrist straps on, dude. The strongest guys in the world, if you watch how they string, if you watch strongmen, when they go and lift, and guess what? Every strongman in the world is stronger than your ass, okay? If you, if you watch strongman when they train, they wrap up every joint. One of my best friends is a pro strongman. He wraps up everything when he trains. Knee wraps, elbow wraps, wrist wraps, belt, a belt on top of the belt, you know, heat bomb. Like, like his whole body is like, their whole, most, most professional strongmen, everything is wrapped. Literally every joint from their elbow to their from their wrist to their elbow to their shoulder to their, their low back to their abs, knees, like they got everything on. And guess what? They're, you guys at, you know, for, pressing 400, 500 pounds overhead. They're using supportive gear. So, you know, the, the resistance to that may be like, oh, it's for pussies. I don't, that's not real strength. Oh, I'm sorry. Are, are you swinging axes into somebody's face in the battlefield right now? I, I don't think so. Okay, like this, that, that, the whole argument of real strength, that's not functional strength. Go to the construction site. How many guys do you see that, you know, work at shipyards, work in construction, work, you know, unloading pallets? How many of them got back wraps on and, you know, low back supporters? Tons of them. You think they give a shit about that? Um, a real man wouldn't need back support to do work 12 hours a day. What the hell does that even mean, dudes? Functional strength. Well, that's not functional. In, in real life, in real life, what? What? You know, that's like, oh, in real life, you wouldn't need body armor to get shot at. You just avoid the bullets. That's a stupid argument. That's a stupid fucking argument. Use straps, use wraps, use, you know, a belt, use whatever. You know, for pressing, wrist wraps, elbow wraps, that stuff can be a godsend. You know, that's probably what it's pretty, you know, since I, I fractured my left wrist once, that's what it allowed me to keep pressing. I mean, there for a long time, like, I'd spent like a year frustrated that every time I went over 50 pounds and elbow pressing, damn, my wrist hurt. Finally, I was like, you know what? Maybe I'm just being stupid and not getting wrist wraps. Used wrist wrap for the first time. Oh wow, it doesn't hurt. Great. Now I can start growing again. Now I, I, you know, now I just wasted a year of training, but at least it took me a year to figure out that maybe I'm stupid for not using this, these wraps. Hmm. So use wraps, guys. Use all the wraps you want. Other things about chest training the rest: bands and chains. Have you ever heard of training with chains for chest? Yes, I have, guys. It's called accommodating resistance. Bands are the same way. So you may be at a gym, maybe, where you have bands and chains you can use. Things to be aware of using bands and chains. Chains are pretty joint-friendly, so you can use them a lot. And you can kind of use them as much as you want. 
Um, if you're a powerlifter and you, you know, you're training for bench press, you could incorporate you know comedy resistance in your training. Uh, you know, it's conjugate training. If you don't have bands or chains at all and you're wondering what the hell I'm talking about, don't worry about it. But yeah, for some guys, you might have access to those things. Chains work great. You can kind of cha- you can train with chains almost all the time. Bands, not so much. Bands, because they really overload the top of the movement, they can be really hard on the joints really fast. So I wouldn't recommend using banded you know, exercises, maybe like a banded chest press or whatever, you know, banded machine press. I would not recommend using bands more than maybe you know, once every three weeks. So like what you know once once a month maybe twice a month you can use those in a workout. Otherwise, you know bands I've seen happen guys try to use them for like a, like a month straight with everything. You just end up with really beat up shoulders. So you know bands can be, they can be very hard on the body. Um, you could you could do light band work maybe like you know one exercise a workout is like some you know it's banded. But if you're trying to use bands for everything or use bands for your heavy movements, you're probably going to end up being your being your shoulders up at a certain point, and then you'll have to stop using bands, and now you're behind in training. So. Always keep in mind your joint health. If your joints feel good, you can push it. If your joints are not feeling good, you got You got to solve that. And that's not to say that you know a workout should never you know be joint stressful. It's just you got to be cognizant of it. You know, especially as you age, you know, your margin of error to you know tear something, get injured, what have you. You don't want to be out so many months not training. And the, old, the older you get, the longer it takes to recover. So you you know make your stupid mistakes when you're young. In your 30s, 40s, 50s, train so you can keep training. Don't train into injury, as I say. A lot of guys train into injury. Injuries are not random. You get hurt, it's your fault because you probably trained stupid. Unless it was catastrophic and you know maybe the barbell just slipped out of your hand and your, your buddy didn't spot you, what have you. But most training injuries, especially with chest shoulders, they're caused by stupidity. They're not caused by, you know, that well, that was bad exercise. I'm like, no, you were just bad at working out. You know, more you know, to say it simple. Guys create their own atmosphere. You, you, you know, guys, you create your environment for injury. You create the setup for injury. So take care of your joints that way. So we've covered a lot. We're at the 42-minute mark now. I think I've hit almost everything I want to talk about with chest in regards to rep ranges, strength ranges, you know, anthropometrics, customization. If you have any questions at all, ask, and I will answer. Otherwise, I'll say, please, uh, to close out, for everyone that's left reviews on iTunes, thank you so much. That has really been helpful. And if you enjoy the podcast, you want to support it, Patreon, Alexander Juan Antonio Cortez, you can support the podcast on Patreon. I'd like to video broadcast these. As I found out tonight that it actually it takes some equipment to do like a good video broadcast. So that is the first goal for the Patreon, get some good video equipment, get that going. Hopefully, we can do a live Q&A um, within the next few months. But otherwise... Thank you guys for everything. Thank you for support. Thank you for listening. I'll say good night and good luck and train hard.